Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. It's September 25th and people are still quarantined and people are still fighting about masks and politics and everything else in the world, but the world isn't fully burned down yet. We're still here. And so there's still more to learn and there's still more to do. And um, I think sometimes these doing these podcasts give me a sign of like relief, hope, because um, typically the people that show up on here are up to really cool things, up to big things. And it's a reminder that like the life doesn't stop. Life keeps going regardless of what is going on outside. And it doesn't mean we can't be like mindful and present and aware of all the, the kind of crappy things that are happening in the world. But we can also keep going forward and not let all the shit that is happening, you know, and, and all the things that are upsetting us and stressing us out, not stop us. Um, so whatever you are working on, wherever your focus is during this, uh, the weirdest year of probably your lifetime, 2020, uh, I hope you keep going forward. And I'm excited to introduce you to my guests today because they are some serious creators. When I was talking to them about what they've done and who they are and their roles in these companies, I was first like, I'm, I like, I have all these notes and I'm like, oh, I hope I get this right. So they've done a lot. They're up to a lot of cool things. And I want to introduce them both. So they're, first off, they're partners and they're um, in a company called Babes Who Create, which is a content and digital marketing company. The company was founded by Shelby Swallow. Shelby also has a company called Styling Sunshine, which was, a co was, was also SoCal Blogger Babes. I think I'm getting this right. And Shelby, you'll jump in in a minute and tell me if, if we need to clean up any of my introduction. But they've worked with cool companies like Forever 21, Soap and Glory. I, I, as a man, I have no idea what Soap and Glory is. You're going to tell me. I'm sure people do. But also like big hotel chains. You've been on Fox LA, Great Day, San Antonio. Um, and then your partner, uh, Amanda Russo, who's part of your, the Babes Who Create company now, you, Amanda, you founded the Renegade Group, which includes like entrepreneurial consulting and an e-commerce biz. Um, you came from a background of 12 years in finance with some of the biggest finance companies, um, had a successful career there, and now you support startups and entrepreneurs to, to essentially be more successful when the things you took from those, those other environments and you both are now partners on this. I love, I mean, I, when I was reading about you both, I was like, babes who create is catchy. Your, your branding, who you both are is catchy and fun. Welcome to the dream Mason podcast. I please correct me if I miss like labeled any of all the things you're up to. Did I get it right? Um, yes, mostly. <laughs> All right, cool. Is there anything you want to... Sunshine's only just been selling sunshine. Babes who create used to be SoCal blogger babes. That's just like a wonderful subject. Awesome. Okay, cool. Thanks. What, um, I know we're, we're, we're here because we really want to like look at like babes who create. That's how I found you, how my team found you both. Um, will you just give us an idea of like all the listeners, like who are you both? Like well, outside of the simple introductions, kind of like what you've done, who are you both and, and what is babes who create? Amanda, I'll let you go first. Okay, <laughs> sure. Um, so I'm Amanda Russo, and like you mentioned, you got you got all of my stuff correct. I was in um, investment management and finance for 12 years. I have a degree in business, um, some master's work in business. I was really, really focused on big business for a while, and decided at one point that you know entrepreneurship was kind of in my blood. It's kind of where my heart was. 
And after a lot of saving and strategizing, I decided to retire from that career path and go into the very risky roller coaster world of entrepreneurship, which everybody thought I was crazy. Some people still probably do. Um, but I started an entrepreneurial consulting business and ran into so many. I have worked with a lot of wonderful local clients. Um, Shelby's business at the time, you know, was, was growing really rapidly. And um, I call her an accidental entrepreneur because I don't think she really intended to make it a business, but the demand was there. The market was there. She had all of the skills, you know, that she needed at the time. And <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> You can cut that out. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just kind of fell in love with her personality and I fell in love with the business that she was building. And then when we found out we were basically, you know, each other's yin and yang, um, we formed a partnership and here we are today. That was great. Making me blush over here. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, how did, and like, how did this, you, because you created and started Babes Who Create, like what had you, I love the accidental entrepreneurship because I think that happens for so many people, right? You have an idea, you start playing with it and all of a sudden you have something. I you started this without Amanda. What, what'd you say? I said, I had no idea what I was getting myself into in the best way possible, but I had no idea. No idea. I um, love that. Well, how did, so what, where did Babe, t- like, give me like the origin story. Babes Who Create was what and then. I'll give it to you as quickly as I can. So I actually was majoring in kinesiology, athletic medicine in college. I had a very dead set. I was going to be a physical therapist. In the South, kind of entrepreneurship and creative um, careers are not like looked as a great, as a good thing. And so it was kind of just embedded from family and everything um, to, sorry. You're fine. Okay. Um, to be kind of to go into the medical field and that that was the stable way, that's the way to live life kind of thing. Um, I ended up moving out to California when I was 24 and I was seven months pregnant. So I was kind of taking care of my son um, and doing that whole life. And I was on my phone a lot before I moved out here. I actually was a nanny and I was on Instagram and I kind of discovered the world of like bloggers and creators and kind of saw like, dang, these girls are taking pictures of their outfits. I'm kind of doing that, but not like professionally on a private account. Like I should just try while I'm like, like at home pregnant and like taking care of kids like on the side I'll just kind of try this whole blogging thing I bought a camera off of Craigslist and kind of just tested the waters and did it I moved out here and I was getting emails from my styling sunshine to attend influencer events which I didn't really know what those were at the time because that was not happening in Texas in like 2015 when I moved out here um, 2016. And so I was like, okay, I'll go Venice beach. I was driving my big old Chevy truck, like from literally stressing out already with the parking and just LA life. And I walked in and the girls just literally like gawked at me. Like I smelt bad and I didn't, I smelled myself. I smelled fine. And they just were not nice. And I was like complimenting women and trying to be their friends. I had no friends here. And I thought like, oh my God, like other people who do what I'm doing, I've never like seen this world before, before I just had my boyfriend taking all my pictures my family was making fun of me like what are you doing and so it was kind of nice like so the people like we're all like I'm not just the weirdo so like be my friends and no one wanted to be my friend and no one wanted to talk to me and girls were mean to me and so that night driving home is when I um was like you know what there should have been like a group that I could have texted or sent a message to and been like hey I'm going to this event at Sweaty Betty tonight in Venice Beach like who wants to come with me I'll take your pictures we'll shoot a bunch of content we'll have fun we can ride together whatever so I just started DMing girls that I saw using the hashtag OC blogger and just being like, Hey, like I'm a new blogger here. I just moved here. I don't really have any friends. Like I've been getting invited to some events and they say I can bring a plus one. Like you want to be in a group together and we can kind of just like be friends. And I got like a surprisingly amount of good yeses. And one of our founding members and one of our regional directors out here in Orange County was one of those first yeses. And she even said, it's like our joke, like, yeah, sure, I'll join, but it'll probably fizzle out. Like a lot of girls out here try to start this kind of thing and like it doesn't work out. And I was just like, okay, like, but she joined. Um, we got our first big meetup. They all told me to reach out to OC Fashion Week because they were like, that's a thing. Like we should all go. And I was like, what? Like Fashion Week, I'm from Texas. Like we don't do any of that kind of stuff out there. So I was like, let me reach out. So I sent an email, kind of said like how many girls were in the group, which was like 30 at the time. In the group, I mean, just like a DM, like message on Instagram. And, um, they told me to call. They were like, Oh my God, we love what we've seen the email. Call us. I called them and they're like, here's 30 tickets to the yacht night in Newport beach VIP. And I about like 
feed myself all the time. I was like, oh my God, we're going to want to yacht and watch a fashion show. Like this is every fashion blogger's dream. My freaking dream. I've never at the time been on a yacht. So that night is kind of where the kind of accidental or the accidental entrepreneurship happened because it really was just a community to me and girls showing up to a yacht and to take pictures and have fun. But the amount of people with like microphones and podcasts and other things that were there, like feeling our vibe, feeling our energy, like wanting to follow us on Instagram, wanting to know who we are, wanting to hire us for their event to come because we were just being so inclusive and so open to everyone that was there instead of like standing in a corner, like most of the girls that went with just one other girl kind of staring at everyone being like, um, I don't want to hang out with you. And we were like, come get our boomerang. Like, come take pictures with us. Like, let's all go to the bar and grab a drink. And so people were like, let's follow you. And I was like, oh shit, like we don't even have an Instagram. Like, I like, this is, this is something I should start. And all throughout the night, like just the energy and the people. So I was kind of sitting there thinking, and I was like, there is like, there's greatness that comes from our, our individual numbers, like a, like a strength in that, but there's like a strength and power and inclusivity that comes when we come together and all have our different niches and followings and body types and fashion styles and everything become a group. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to turn this into like making an Instagram. This is happening. People kind of started looking at us on Instagram, like that were SoCal bloggers saying that they wanted to host a SoCal blogger babe thing. Cause that's what we were first called. And I was like, Whoa, just cause you're in SoCal and you're a blogger and you are a babe, but you're like, you gotta be a member. So I was like, I'll just trademark it real quick. No big deal. My boyfriend was like, you can't just trademark whatever you want. I was like, yeah, I can. Like, I'm going to trademark this and no one's going to use it. And then the first question on the trademark application was, what kind of business do you have? I was like, oh, shit, better start a business. (laughs) I I think it's such a great, thanks for telling like the the story of it, how it accidentally, you basically started something because you wanted friends. (laughs) So like, no, but it's actually kind of cool because right, like social media, I'm not a fan of social media personally. Like I kind of, I wish it never, I, I just, for me, there's no, yes, I can, we can use it for things, but I would take not having it over the benefits that it's provided. But then you hear a story like this where it's like you created a whole community when live human beings weren't very accepting and you're not the first, right? Lots of people do this. We created a whole community, which turned into a business and you both have the story of having a child young, right? Like Amanda, you also had a son, daughter. I have a, yeah, I have a 20 year old. Yeah, I had him when I was 18. Yeah. So you both are like, if we just look at like parallels, like you both had children at like a young age, you're both entrepreneurial women that like find a way to like create where maybe there isn't anything to create. And also, I mean, specifically from your story, Shelby, like not even knowing what you were doing, like you were just kind of like following passion, following fun. And you created something which I, I like personally, I'm like, man, this is a lesson for everybody. Yeah. You can go the route where we like do all the things we know how to do all the things, or you can actually follow things that light you up and notice there's other people that will be lit up and it's like, Hey, let's start something out of this. Where did it's Amanda, how did you, where was like the moment where you got plugged in? What I'm really curious is you have a business that does consulting like this, right? And then you, you and Shelby came together. The, the interesting thing is the, the one part of consulting that I wasn't doing and that I didn't feel confident enough to offer to clients was social media mm-hmm. because I wasn't big on social media either at the time. The same, like, you know, similar to what you just said, I was sort of like anti-social media, but I knew I needed it for my business. I knew it would help me promote. I had a blog. It was a more of a business blog and I hired a social media manager to help me kind of navigate that world. And she's the one who found Shelby's group at the time that was SoCal Blogger Babes. And she said, hey, you know, these girls look like they're very much a community. She said they do things in real life in our, in our area. They're here in Orange County. You know, it seems like they're very social media savvy. Um, you know, you probably want to check it out. So I did. And I started going to a couple of their events and didn't really expect it to look as good and yeah, I told this to Shelby. I mean, she tells me all the time that, you know, the, how the event came together was, you know, maybe a little haphazard behind the scenes, but I was so impressed when I went, it looked like a very legitimate event. There were photo stations, there were shopping, there were fashion shows, there were interviews, there was great, you know, just like beautiful venue space. And, um, I had a great time. And then I went to another event and I saw, and I started to kind of look into the business a little bit more behind the scenes. And I looked into Shelby more because I knew she was sort of at the helm, at the helm of the ship. 
And I watched her at the next event, basically like running around like a mad woman and trying to kind of manage hundreds of people and, and setting up, you know, a, a large venue space for public. And I was just really impressed, but it seemed like maybe she needed a little bit of help. And I thought, hey, you know what? It seems like there's a lot of crossover. She may need me. I definitely could use, you know, her support and her advice. And so we, I invited her to coffee. I think that's how it went. And we started talking and realized that we really were complement, we really had complementary skill sets. And I think that was sort of the, the, the first thing that we bonded over. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's, that I think I am. Day is still very vivid in my memory at Pacific City in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just talked and got to know each other and it, you know, it just seemed like a great fit. I knew right off the bat that she was a hard worker. I mean, I'd seen her work hard and I knew, um, the business was going places and yeah. I want to know about the, you I mean, when you say like at, you, where you didn't have the confidence, right? That piece that you, at first you didn't have the confidence to like do this one part of your business. I think that as a consultant or a coach or anyone that's like trying to help other people, there's a lot of people that we want to work with. I know I'll say to my clients, like, Hey, who's your, if you could pick anyone, who would you want to work with? And they'll first be like, well, and they'll say somebody that will be like Oprah or something like, and it's like, okay, great. Like put them on your dream list. <laughs> yeah. People work with Oprah. It's not, she doesn't work by herself. Somebody, she hires somebody, right? Yeah. Like, so maybe it's not today, but maybe that's like, you know, you're four hires away from her, but who would be, what's the company? What's the person? What's the team? And often what I, when I'm working with people, I'll get, you know, their, their limiting beliefs show up, the things that they don't know. Well, this person's so successful. How can I help them? I'm curious to hear this for like answers from both of you. Like what advice would you give to people? Cause you guys not only work together, you created a partnership out of it that, you see brands out there you want to work with or companies you want to work with. Like what advice would you give people to, to make that happen, to bridge that connection, to create that relationship? Um, my advice would be like one, I mean, first and foremost, like don't be afraid to reach out. You never know. Like it never hurts to ask. Um, and for us, like brands that we want to work with, like higher up ones, like for example, one that I've always dreamt of working with is physicians formula. And, um, it's just, you know, like a, like a staple makeup brand. That's like probably, I don't even know how many years they've been around, but it's gotta be decades. And, uh, you know, we just simply reached out for them and like an event that we had last year. And then it turns out someone who ended up joining our chapter out in the Inland Empire actually runs and does their like social media marketing. So like this relationship has flourished even more. So I would say, don't like hesitate kind of like just you're saying like I mean it's a very very big brand they have a lot of followers on Instagram we're a brand new company and kind of at the beginning I used to have it said in my mind like don't reach out to national companies that are big like that because you're just a small little tiny company and they're not going to even like think to work with you and now they're emailing us first and asking us to do they actually just did I mean I don't know if we told you but Chris like just told us like they reached out to us again want to work with us for just an we're, we're working with them for an upcoming event and then we're working with them on a campaign for our members uh, for the fall so that's awesome congratulations Thanks. yeah I, I I definitely agree with that we've had a lot of experiences that have been you know that seem serendipitous but they're not really serendipitous because I, I feel like on some level you kind of manifest those things into life. I mean, we, we, nothing, nothing ever, we never really look at anybody or any business or any brand or any client as out of our reach. You know, I mean, you have to kind of play to the level that you want to be at. And that's what we, I think I have always been really good at, you know, nothing is, um, nobody's too big for us to talk to at least try and see if we can do like the seven steps to Kevin Bacon. Like, do we know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody at this place or, you know, can help bridge that gap for us a little bit, or at least go in that direction. Um, you know, we talk and we jokingly say, you know, we're going to be on good morning America one day and we just know it. We don't know how exactly we're going to get there yet, but we have something here. We're confident in it. We know that our story has, you know, value to people. We know that our services have value to people and we want to share that. And as long as we keep building that value and as long as we keep making those next steps and making all of those connections along the way, you never know what one connection is going to lead you to. And if you feel like you need to up-level your skills or up-level your services in order to, you know, make it to Good Morning America or whatever that, you know, end, end goal is or media channel or big client is, 
Um, you just have to look at it strategically, you know, like you said, nobody gets to work for Oprah overnight, but you kind of can follow, you can sort of plot a path on how you might be able to get to at least her circle or her network. Um, and I think, you know, we do that same thing. I, uh, I feel like the the universe is giving you like a little breadcrumb. So one of my, I just built a course that's not open to the public yet, but my partner on it used to be uh, one of the anchors of Good Morning America. Oh, like in the 90s. Uh, it was a long time. She left. She left journalism like I don't know, twenty or something years ago. But she was on Good Morning America at one point. So you just, I was like, you just put it out there into the universe, and the universe responds. Yeah. What, um, oh, wait, I want to touch back on, you said when you were just saying that, which was awesome. It's like, you have to play to the level you want to be at. Like mm-hmm. you have to do that now. I remember I hired, when I hired my coach like three years ago, people were like, why did you choose him? And I was like, cause he's the man I want to be like, not, it's not like everything he does I want to do where it's like, we're not the same. But what I noticed in myself was at that time I had gaps in in- integrity and commitment. And to me, the, the, the person I wanted to be and the things I wanted to build were demanding integrity and commitment. And I found him and he resembled that man. Like he was, you know, if, if he could, if I could become, like have those breakthroughs, then all the things that I wanted essentially were possible. And so I remember starting to say like, I'm not, it's not about the goals and the money and the businesses. It's actually about being, becoming the man I want to be in the future. But that demands, I start being that man now. Like I have to practice being him every day, which makes me become him down the road. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if you don't have that man, I mean, if you can envision yourself and who you want to be in 10 years, and sort of, you know, set that as your goal line and then just say, you know, okay, I don't know how I'm going to get to that person yet, but I know who that person is. You know, I sort of did that when I left college. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew that I needed to do the grunt work first. And I knew that I needed to kind of, you know, through osmosis, like take in as much information and as much knowledge and as much real world experience from the big boys, you know, who had already built multi-million dollar empires. And, you know, they threw me in front of CFOs and CEOs, you know, as a 25 year old research analyst and, and said, here, go pick their brain, go figure out how they got to be so successful and then come back and, you know, let our investors know and I was in way over my head. I knew I was in way over my head, but you know, I kept my game face on and I really did try and focus on not just what they said to me, but just looking at how they interacted with people and how they spoke to people and how they, you know, where their what their background was and where they came from. And if I saw any parallels to my own life, you know, I checked off that little box, like, okay, I'm I'm on the right track. Um, I and I feel that. like, yeah, I just feel like that's so important. You have to just be patient. It's it's what you guys have in common too, right? Like you both did things, what you just described was like doing stuff before you were ready to do it, right? You weren't like, no, don't put me in that meeting. Like I'm not fully ready. And Shelby, it wasn't like, hey, I can't be on this boat because we don't have it all figured out or we can't do this event. You both like stepped into things before you were ready to do them. And that's actually how you got great, right? I love the idea of like, if we didn't speak till we were ready, most of us wouldn't talk till like junior high, right? right? Like we, the, the whole not being ready is how we learn how to speak, how we learn how to walk, how we, but when we become adults, all of a sudden we like, so many of us don't want to do the thing because we don't know how to do it perfect or right. So we just won't do it. And there's clearly like that. You both have that story about how you did stuff before, which is how you learn to be good at it. Yeah. Cause it's an opportunity the way I see it in my mind. It's like, Hey, so what if you're not ready? The question is, are you willing to let this opportunity slip by and potentially never come back around again? Because that's how it was for me in this business with those tickets to the OC fashion week, with the event that the first one that I ever hosted for the company that was like smaller scale than that big babe cello one that you heard. Like I had a skincare brand that was just going to be in our swag bags. They wanted to be our full blown sponsor and send in their marketing coordinator from Canada to come out here. And I literally had no idea what I was doing. And they like wanted on the phone, like how much do you charge for this? And I remember to this day, it was like, Oh my God. I was Googling. I'm like, Hmm, four. I was talking so slow. And I just remember like in the background, like trying to figure out what I had no idea, but was I willing, was I going to say, no, 
don't be a sponsor. Don't come out from Canada. Like I've never done this before. I'm freaking shaking in my boots. Like don't come. No, I was like, no, this is awesome that this brand wants to work with my brand. I, am I ready necessarily? No, but I got ready and I grew through taking that. And I grew. Hey, that might be an opportunity right now. Are you sure? You want to stop? <laughs> like that could be Oprah or good morning America. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> You're like, no, it's a block number. It's, um, that's the one thing I will say starting a business. I have so many people calling me. They, I don't know how they get your information. Sure. I didn't do everything. Like you want some web help you need? No, go away. What, um, what's the, what has been for, and like this, it could be about babes who create, it could be about your own personal. What's been the, the biggest thing that you've had to overcome on this journey just to get where you are now? Um, I don't know who wants to go. Are you asking both of us? Or? Both, yeah. I mean, unless, unless you have the same exact one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was definitely kind of just like we were talking about right now, like throwing in and doing everything that I didn't really know how to do before I was ready because I never saw myself as a business owner. It's actually kind of funny. My high school counselor through, all throughout said that I needed to go do um, business management. And he thought, I, I was like, what? No, I could never manage a business. I was never good at public speaking. That was a really what I thought was going to be a greater challenge. And it ended up being like that first event that I told you that the brand came out from Canada as the sponsor. I'm a couple girls afterwards. Like I need to learn public speaking from you. Like you're so good. And I literally just like fell on the grass and just like flailed. And I was like, what? I cannot believe you just said that to me. That is like life changing. I used to stutter in college when I'd give like chemistry presentation speeches. Like my partner would be like, you can do this like rubbing my shoulder because that is how bad I was at public speaking. And um, especially coming out here and the girls being mean, it was a little bit of an overcome thing to like kind of put yourself out there asking people to join, like starting a business, like the fear of just kind of like people like judging me. Can she do this? Like, what is Shelby doing? Like she knows nothing about business. I went to school and like cut open like, you know, brains and cats and like did science stuff. And like, I now I with a degree in that, like starting a business, that was a fear in itself. But um, and even now, sometimes like having to overcome like tax phone calls and things like that, that I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing, but I mean, like, I know that it's good for my growth and it's good for the business. And so overcome it mostly, but still kind of working on that, um, daily. <laughs> and like um, and for me, for me, it was really, I mean, I, I started off <laughs> in a very non-traditional sort of path. I've always, I, I had kind of a rebellious streak when I was younger and was very unfocused and uncertain as to what I wanted to do and ended up, you know, having a, a child very young and decided, you know, I had somebody to fight for at that point. I had somebody that I needed to get my life in order for. And so I went back to college with a child, being a single mother, and worked full-time, went to school full-time, you know, just was going, going, going all the time. And it was so hard. I just remember several occasions just wanting to give up because I just felt like I was really being stretched to the max. But I, I just had this, I don't know, fire or something inside of me that said, you know what, it's all going to be worth it. You put in the work now you know, you have to redeem yourself, you know, you started off maybe on a little bit of a crooked path, and now you're straightening it out, you just got to keep pushing and keep biting. And I knew that nothing was ever going to be as hard as that. And so that really kind of framed my perspective on everything that came after that was virtually a piece of cake. I mean, even working, you know, 14 hours a day for a big investment company. And like I mentioned earlier, being terrified in front of these big name CEOs, all I could think back to was, you know, you used to survive on two and a half hours of sleep a day. You know, you pulled, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and you made it this far. You can't give up now. Like nothing that comes next is going to be as hard as what you already sort of had to deal with. Um, so I always just kept that in the back of my, back of my mind and felt like I can do virtually anything at this point because that was such a difficult period um, in my life. You both like have a lot of things that you're juggling, right? There's family, kids, multiple businesses. How do you take care of yourselves? Like, how do you, you know, not go crazy and keep yourselves like, do you get like, what are like the support structures or there, do you, I mean, I, I'm assuming you take care of yourselves, right? Like what is yeah. the, the process for, you know, I, it's, I just think it's one of the biggest things that shows up with all my clients that are entrepreneurs all anyone I know, it's like the first thing that goes out is their own self-care, their own well-being. And they're typically like a mess 
as they're trying to make all these other parts of their lives work? Do you have any tips or advice that kind of support you to keep going? I mean, I would say at the beginning when I first, oh, sorry, Amanda. No, go, go ahead. Um, I would say at the beginning when I was first running the company, like what you just said is kind of what I was doing. I was going all over, just putting the company first, like literally spending, I mean, I would go to the office from like six in the morning to like 11 o'clock at night. And when I would say, of course, and I'd like reward myself in my mind with working out and doing something physical and like, okay, if you work all day, like when you get home, you can go work out. You know I mean? Like you have to work all day and like reward yourself with that. And that was so wrong. I was getting burnt. I was not taking care of myself properly. And now like you um, heard about earlier, I, it's hard. And I've had to like train myself um, and hit to anyone who says that they are not a morning person. Find me styling sunshine on Instagram. We can talk. Like I need my mom even tell you how awful I was in high school. Um, I could not wake up like before, like this is embarrassing before like 11 o'clock in the morning without being like a complete monster. And now I have the ability to wake up at five in the morning to make that time for myself to get my workout in and not, like, it's something that I deserve as a human being to um, stay sane and to stay healthy and to stay mentally sane. And that shouldn't have to be something that I have to work for all throughout the day to reward myself at the end of the day. It's something that I'm already owed for just um, being me and that I need to get through a long day of, cause of the pandemic, I do have to work from home with my son. Now um, he's no longer goes to his um, spot, like his daycare and uh, that's also kind of financial reasons too. It's not because it's even closed anymore. It's more of just like things have been tough right now. So um, kind of being with a three and a half year old all day long and running a company and then also running my blog uh, definitely gets into my, it definitely gets hard. So if I take that time first and wake up early, even though it may be tough some mornings to go have time for myself, I go on a sunrise skate. It's like, I spend like an hour, hour and a half, some days music, nothing else. I don't check my phone in the morning before I go. I mean, I do a little bit just to make sure that's like not from a man. Like, Oh my God, the company's like on fire. Like Wait, you got to tell, you got to tell people what a sunrise skate is too. Cause <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a nice name for you. Oh. Yeah, it's very California. This Texas girl, I'm from Texas, so I love it. And I also, for what I pay, because I know I used to pay rent in Texas, for what I pay here, I'm like, okay, this is part of my rent. Like the beach is part of my rent. Like Mm -hmm. I better go freaking use it. So I wake up at five in the morning and I drive like seven miles to Huntington Beach. Um, have my same street I park on every day. Put my lace up in my skates and I just go on the little path that's all down on the beach and I skate to Newport. And back, there's like a huge slab um, of concrete that I found in Newport that, oh my God, you can see the sun rise. It, like, I literally just stand there and just stare on my skates. Do you see this? Like, Do you watch the sunrise every day? I, yeah, I try to almost every day. Yeah. Oh, there's, I will admit there's a few days, like yesterday I didn't go because so cool. yesterday was a busy day, but today, and I missed it today. Yeah. It was actually a little tired. I was like, oh, I had to get to go yesterday. And that's what gets me through it in the mornings is remembering that feeling and all the endorphins that I have while I'm skating and I'm going and I have my music and I'm seeing seagulls just fly right past me and I'm seeing waves crashing and then other people outside enjoying their life too. And then the sun is just freaking immaculate, just coming, rising right in front of you. I literally cannot describe it at all. It's just so vibrant and beautiful. And then I'm ready to start my day. And I'm telling you, it's night and day living those two ways of like rewarding yourself with it versus like waking up and just like taking what is that time. Like to me, it's like the time like again i don't look at my phone i like to do that first i read a study or something that i saw that said if you wake up and do something physical first and get all those endorphins in your mind before the day starts versus waking up and immediately like looking at stuff that does not make endorphins come in your brain like copy emails or copy text messages or whatever like go get the endorphins first so yeah there's there's like a few studies that show like whatever you do in the first 30 minutes of your day mm-hmm. actually it's almost like programming like if our brain was like a computer it's like programming how to operate so whatever you do in the first 30 minutes essentially programs your brain for like what the day is going to be like so if you wake up and put on the news well the news is basically all no matter what news you listen to it's pretty much like all terrifying Mm -hmm. and so you're setting yourself up to think in scarcity and fear of what's going to go wrong if you wake up to like see the sunrise my guess is you're programming your brain for like possibility and excitement and energy Right? Like I, I try to do like, I actually grab my dog like first thing usually when I wake up and I like actually like try to like gratitude, like gratitude and then meditate for that same exact reason to get like, that's how I want to program my brain. I um, really think it makes a difference. And some people ask me like, aren't you just oh so God. exhausted? Like, doesn't it make you more tired when you work out first? Actually, no. Like I notice in the days that I don't 
do that first. I'm more groggy yeah. throughout the day. I'm finding myself like wanting to take a nap in the days that I, that I work out first in those first 30 minutes. Like you said, I have more energy throughout the entire day. Totally. I love too that you said like, it's, I deserve it in the morning. It's not like I get to reward myself with this thing. Like, no, I actually need this thing. Um, and I love that you talked about too, that you can reprogram the ability to be like a morning person. Cause I was the same. I was somebody who like, I was, I used to open up bars and restaurants. So I was like totally a night person would wake up basically at, you know, 10, 11, go to the gym. And when I decided I had to change my life and the way I was operating, it started with, I got to wake up. I have to train my body and you can untrain it during COVID. I've untrained it now that I'm not waking up early. Um, but it can go both ways. Amanda, what about you? What do you uh, mean? It's mindset, like mind over matter. You can do it. Anyone listening, if you're trying to wake up early, you can yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely a it's a constant juggling act. I feel um, you know it's it's something that I've had to learn a lot of a lot of discipline as just a human being, not just as a business owner, but you know when you're trying to have it all, um, take care of a family. You know, I have two, I have three children technically, um, and running several different businesses, lots of balls in the air all the time. And I, I definitely kind of ignored my self-care for a while. And last year, it took a big toll on me. You know, last year was a busy year for us, for our company. We had a ton of growth. We had a ton of events. We had so many things going on. It was so exciting. And you get it's easy to get wrapped up in all of that and forget about the self-care because you do enjoy what you're doing. And I did love every minute of what I was doing. And so I sort of ignored the symptoms of the fact that my body was suffering and my, you know, mental capacity was sort of being drained because I thought, well, you know what? I love it. So I'm just going to push through. But then I hit a wall and I got very, very ill. And this was before COVID, but if it would have happened this year, they would have called it COVID because I ended up with a horrible lung infection um, that knocked me out for several weeks, several months, really. Uh, it just, towards the end of last year, I was just physically a wreck. I hadn't been exercising regularly. I had tried the meditation thing, but I was doing it very irregularly and I, I really wasn't getting the benefits of it. So at the beginning of 2020, oddly enough, I said, you know what, this year I'm turning it all around. This year I'm focusing on me again. Nothing in my life can move forward unless I'm taking care of myself. You know, I, I, I'm a very firm believer in therapy. I go to, I talk to a therapist every single week um, because I, I just think it's good for mental health, all kinds of health. I, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't think you need it, you do. And my therapist likes to use this kind of cliche of like the airplane that starts to go down and the masks drop. And if you don't put your mask on yourself first, you're not able to put it on anybody else. You can't help anybody else until you help yourself. You can't help your business partner. You can't help your kids. You can't be there for your husband. You can't do any of those things unless you're whole and healthy. And so this year I went back to running and it, I'd been a runner in the past, but I let it fall off for a long time. And it just, I'd forgotten how profound the impact is, you know, that's my meditation time. Like that is my self-care time. That is when I can listen to podcasts or listen to music or not listen to anything. Um, and it sets the tone for the entire day. If I can get in a good hard run, even if it's after I drop my son off at school, the rest of the day, I feel so much more capable to do whatever needs to be done. If it's worry about COVID or virtual learning or business or, you know, finances or whatever the case is, um, it's, it's changed. It's changed everything for me just to go back to the basics, take care of yourself, make sure you get exercise, make sure you get sunshine, make sure that you're taking vitamins and that you're eating right. And everything else kind of falls into place. I love that you both have like specific things that you take care of yourself and you both see it and you both can point to the importance and also how you didn't before, like you had to learn it and how valuable it is. Um, as you both were sharing and like talking about, you know, being moms also like the, the juggling and making it all happen. I'm curious about the, like how that kind of like as specifically as like female entrepreneurs, like what have there been, challenges that you think face like women that maybe men don't face, right? You don't know what it's like to be a male entrepreneur. You only know your experience, but is there anything that you can speak of that specifically, you know, you want to point out that like other maybe women can learn from you and your experience 
of, you know, you juggle a lot. You're dealing with a lot. Um, is there anything there might not be? I don't know. Yeah, no, I actually saw like these tweets the other day, literally that I shared on my stories probably yesterday, which would be one I can read them. I'm a screenshot I'm on my phone. <laughs> it's up to you if you want. Um, but it's actually perfect because it's about balls too. With the juggle. It's about juggling balls. With the, I mean, you know, <laughs> gosh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> this is, I don't think children listen to my podcast. We're good. There's no, I don't I think we're all right. like, oh my gosh, Shelby, like, what are you saying? Stop it right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So basically, yeah, especially at the beginning as a mom, um, you know, starting all of this, because at the time, um, my baby daddy and I are not together, but at the time we were together when I started my business, like dating and we still live together and everything. But, um, you know, it was kind of like, I was the stay at home mom and that was just kind of my role. And we kind of agreed on that from the beginning. Um, he comes from that and we're like from the South. So it's kind of just like the way to do things. We didn't want to put our kid into being into daycare all the time. We didn't have to be, and then I had my blog and I was just always going to do that on the side and just try to be like, you know, I just not going to sit around and be a mom. And when the business came along, you know, we spoke about it and agreed that I could start it, but it wasn't, you know, going to be the thing like in his business and his career that he does in real estate. Um, you know, that's going to come first. It's more like, you know, I have to work all the time with Jackson and I kind of have to be the one that's like constantly picking and choosing between, um, you know, if. I need to speak to him and play his cards with him or do what he wants to do in the moment. Or if I need to answer the email or do a podcast interview or whatever the case may be. And I kind of feel always torn between, um, you know, those juggling those balls all the time. And if I'm making the right choice, cause again, like I'm just trying to, you know, I, at first at the beginning, especially when the company, before I really knew if it was going to take off, I didn't know if I was making those decisions um, you know what I mean? Like, okay, is this company really going to be anything? Am I like ignoring time with my son? Am I going to events? I'm not going to events, but hosting, I mean, before COVID our chapters, they all meet up three times a month. So not only was I planning events and doing everything I was for the company, these, I was also meeting up with the members three times a month and then being away from my son and actually a good amount of the times bringing him with, but, you know, telling him like, be quiet, go in the corner, like, you know, not, he's out, you know, blow dry salons, like nail salons. He wasn't doing anything for kids kind of stuff. And as much as we were spending time together, I was kind of questioning all the time, you know, is this the right move? If this company goes under and is not successful, am I going to regret, you know, picking that over my son? Um, and obviously as time has gone on, the company has been very, you know, successful and, you know, I don't have any of those regrets, but the other day and that you brought up balls, I saw these set of tweets that really resonated with me. Um, and I will share them up all. So this one time I had a Q and a with Nora Roberts and someone asked how to balance writing and kids. And she said that the key to juggling is to know that some of the balls that you have in the air are made of plastic and some are made of glass. And if you drop a plastic ball, it'll bounce and no harm is done. If you drop a glass ball, it shatters. So you have to know which balls are glass and which are plastic and prioritize catching the glass ones. Nora was talking about juggling five, was not talking about juggling five balls. She was talking about juggling 55 balls. The balls don't represent family or work. They are separate balls for each and everything that goes into those categories. So the deadline for Project Y or Crazy Sock Day at school. And her point addressing a full room of women was not to prioritize kids stuff over work stuff. It was some kids stuff is glass and some is plastic. And sometimes to catch a glass work ball, you have to drop a plastic family one and that is okay. And the reverse is also true. Sometimes to catch a glass kid ball, something at work has to slide and that is okay too. And if you're juggling 55 balls, some are going to drop. And so you have to focus not on broad categories, but on the glass balls. I think about this all the time. I dropped a couple balls today. It's hard to drop. It's hard. It is hard to drop any ball and I hate it, but they are plastic and tomorrow it'll be okay. So I actually shared that on my stories a couple days ago because that has really been sitting with me since I read that. It's so true. I just need to prioritize during these times I'm having, is this a plastic ball or, or a glass ball? Is this something that I can let slide for a day, another couple hours and focus on my son who wants my attention right now? Is he a plastic ball right now and work as a glass ball and he'll be okay to have the iPad for like 30 minutes, you know? So It's a brilliant metaphor. Because, um, well, it's like your son is never a glass ball, but the thing, right? Like him getting a new pair of jeans is yeah. a plastic ball, right? Like that's not, that's not like him as a, as a being is always going to be glass, but the yes. things that are the plastic. I love that example, idea. If you woke up and fed them a full breakfast and gave them extra food and you know he's full, but he's coming at you while you're writing an important email that you need to get in that morning. Like, make me more. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I can tell him. I know. Like, no, you're not. I woke up and made you literally a full force buffet. Like, you can wait 30 <laughs> minutes. Okay? You know, that's, that's a plastic ball. Go away. Yeah. 
No, it's, and I, th- I mean, I, it's a great matter because I'm thinking about all the things like what makes someone's life work is they don't drop glass balls, right? Like they, lo- tons of the plastic ones can fall, right? That's all of us. None of us get it. I had a client the other day where I was like, dude, you're obsessed with getting it all done. You're going to be the first person in history to get it all done. No one's ever got it all done. What would we do if we got it all done? We'd be like sitting around, like causing, doing drugs because we don't have anything else to do. Um, So I love it. But you can drop so many plastic balls and it's like, okay, I got to do better. I can clean that up. But if you can, if you don't drop the glass ones, the glass ones, right, are those your relationships, you know. Yes, I feel like people think relationships in a whole are a glass ball. Like, oh yeah. my girlfriend, I always know it's like sometimes your girlfriend's a little needy, like she's those, those moments are plastic, you know, like wait. Well I think yeah, obviously you break it down, but I think like when I think about like like trust that trust in itself is like kind of a glass ball. Like you oh. you know, trust, love, like certain types of kind of broad category well being, right? Well being in itself is kind of a glass ball. But yeah, you can break it down, right? Do you, I need to meditate, run, eat? Like, does everything have to happen? All those are all plastic, but they make up one maybe bigger glass ball. That's a really cool uh, metaphor. Um, Amanda, what about you? What do you got? Well, I, just to add on to that, you know, going back to what you were saying, sort of the differences between, you know, women and men as entrepreneurs or, you know, just, I guess, in general. And, I, you know, I, I hate to generalize and, and make statements that, you know, are all inclusive because I know that's not the case. But in general, I think women, especially right now, at least from the things that I've heard, I just read something the other day that said 80% of the virtual learning that's happening is being monitored by mothers, by women. Um, And that's a little bit unbalanced, you know, but obviously there are things that play into that. Um, You know, maybe the the husband or the father has a job that's less flexible. Women tend to take more flexible roles because, you know, they are trying to sort of have it all. They're trying to balance having children and having a career and being a homemaker, but also, you know, being social and, and, you know, um, extroverted and doing things outside of the home. And so, we maybe have more balls in the air at any given time um, than men do. And so I think our choices are maybe a little bit trickier at times to know what's a glass ball, what's a plastic ball. We may have 55 up in the air that are all coming down at once where, you know, sometimes I feel like other male entrepreneurs and business owners that I have, they have, uh, you know, maybe a stay at home wife or they decided to postpone having children and getting married until after they had, you know, were settled in their career. And so I think they, they're better at limiting the number of balls in the air at any given time. Um, and I don't think that's, it's not saying that one is better than the other in any way, shape or form. But I think women were told from the beginning that um, you can have it all. You can multitask. You can be an excellent mother and you can be a great business owner and you can, you know, go to school and you can have Pinterest worthy Thanksgiving spread tables and all these things that we're programmed to think that we have to do perfectly. And so we ourselves, we throw up 80 balls at a time and we're like, okay, we can do this. And then they all come crashing down on us. And we realize at times that we're taking on too much. Um, and so, you know, I think that's where sort of the differences lie in terms of males versus females in, in this type of role. You know, I've certainly been guilty of it. I can admit that, you know, I throw up way too many balls all at once and still working on catching the right ones at the right time. Um, but I think a lot of women can empathize with that. And I think as a company, we're starting to understand that our members are going through similar things. Even if they're not entrepreneurs in the sense that they own a company like we do, they're still brand builders. They're still trying to make a name for themselves. They're still trying to carve their own career path, but they also have children. And sometimes when we hold events, we have to keep that in mind that, hey, we can relate to you. Shelby has to bring her son. Like your children are welcome at our events too. We're going to make sure that they're child friendly. We're going to make sure that we're supporting our female brand builders and our platform members, because we know that they have a hundred balls up in the air the same way we do, even if they're totally different types of balls. Are we, can we talk, can we be done talking about balls? <laughs> and I would say too, like, your problem, I feel like even you and me yesterday, we're trying to throw more balls up in the air, but we were also, t- <laughs> but we were talking about that. We we're going to help each other with each other's balls, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> but, so like, but, but really though, you know what I mean? And that's what we do for the community too. Like, I feel like we help each other juggle all the things we have on our plate. When we get together, we're sharing tips and tricks and ways like, no, you know, you can do that on Instagram. And did you know that you can actually use this feature? And oh, you hold this down and it'll make your whole screen, whatever color you want it on Instagram stories. And she's like, oh my God, I've been using my finger. Boom. Just save you two minutes, you know? Um, I think being around other people that kind of realize and are doing what you're doing, like Amanda was saying, it helps you juggle those calls and inspires you to throw more up. But because you know, you have those other women in your life to help you maintain and juggle them. Like I'm grateful that, you know, you know, that, that I have a business partner who started a candle company is doing things. And I went and helped her yesterday and it helped me feel inspired, helped me start on my other small company that I've also been wanting to start up. And now we're going to get together, maybe even start doing something else together, you know, more often. And again, it's kind of like, whoa, Shelby, like, why the heck would you throw another ball? You know, like Amanda's saying, like, we kind of do it to ourselves. But in this case, I know that I have, we're going to be doing, you know, exchange of work together. We're going to be helping each other out. We just have, you know, um, you know, some complementary skill sets that can help each other's new paths that we want to go on. So I'm not afraid to throw that new ball up in the air because I know she's going to help me catch it. Okay, no more balls, okay. um, since that was your request. <laughs> I, I think this is my last question. It's for both of you. And Amanda, I don't think you said you have a son. Do, or you have, is it three sons or do you, do you have a girl? I, I, have two, I have two sons and a stepdaughter. Okay. So I'm curious for both of you, if there was any lesson that, you know, we're all relatively young, like hopefully in the, in the spectrum of our lives. Um, but up until this point, is there, if you could only like, teach your kids one lesson like from what you've learned in life or in business to this point, what lesson might that be? And it might be different for each kid, but I'm, I've never asked this before, but I, I came up, I was thinking about it while we were talking. No, for me, it's, it's pretty simple. And I, I made sure that I wouldn't forget it. So I tattooed it on my arm. Uh, <laughs> I have things, lots of things I don't want to forget tattooed on my arms. Also. <laughs> exactly. exactly. There you go. See? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's very, it's the tagline for my company, but I, I, I take it just very personally. It's a personal motto of mine and it's defiantly thrive mm-hmm. because I feel that, you know, and what I really stress to my children too is it's okay to take a non-traditional path. It's okay. It's not just okay. I actually kind of encourage it. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I have one son who is very kind of non-traditional in the things that he likes to do. And I have another son who's very much a rule follower. So, but I think the message can apply to both. Um, And I think the message is that you should put yourself in front of challenges, put yourself in front of challenging opportunities, challenging people. Um, It's all opportunities for growth. Life is going to put challenges in front of you, whether you want wanted to or not. I mean, you're going to have mountains to climb that are unexpected. You may you may as well select a few of those mountains for yourself just to get your stamina up, just to practice, just to you know have more faith in your abilities. That hey, like I said, you know, in the beginning when I was going to school and juggling, you know, a child that I, I had no idea what I was doing as a mother. I had no idea what kind of career I wanted, but I knew it was setting me up for being able to handle more challenges in the future that I knew were ahead of me, even though I didn't know what they looked like. So defiantly thrive to me just means, you know, take every challenge and every mistake, everything that you do that is, you know, a struggle, use it to build your skill sets, use it to build your strength, use it to build your character. Um, And then nothing will really scare you. You know, a world pandemic um, I think is something that none of us had on our radars, but me personally, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't seem like the end of the world. It still doesn't seem like the end of the world because I think back to our ancestors, you know, they battled pandemics and we're all still here because we're from a history of survivors. We're from a history of a lineage of people who survived horrible things in the past. So like we are fighters, we are survivors and, you know, we have to continue to kind of train ourselves to do those kinds of things in preparation for the next big whatever that's going to happen and, you know, shake our worlds up again. So I just want them to be prepared for anything in life and not run from anything that seems intimidating or scary or unexpected. And I think you're definitely teaching your sense that, so... Snaps for Amanda. <laughs> and mine would be for my son. It would just be like um, uh, just a statement that there is a quality of presence with positivity. 
Um, because for me, like, I really do believe like you're, you're how present you are in each and every moment of your life. Even if you don't want to be there, even if you're, it's your first job at Chick-fil-A and you hate it, that's me. But like, you never know the connections that you can make with those coworkers at work and where they may lead you or get a college scholarship. Who knew that Chick-fil-A gave out college scholarships? I didn't know until I worked there and they're like, Hey, you've been here long enough. Do you want to apply for the scholarship? I'm like, uh, yeah, I totally need that. Um, at events, you know, even like if you're going to a networking event, if you're going to show up with bad attitude and you've had a bad day and you're not going to be that present, yeah, you're not going to make a lot of connections and you're not going to, you know, reap the benefits that you could have if you would have showed up with the quality of presence of like, every, I'm not, and I'm talking every moment of your life, every conversation you're having, every time you're exercising, when you're having conversation with your spouse, your mother, like don't make it just be some like, you know, thing that's like you're half-assed doing on the side while you're doing something else. Cause I promise you, if you change the quality of your presence and everything you're doing, the relationships that everywhere that you're building, you won't even realize it. Cause you'll just start connecting because people, they want to connect with and they gravitate towards people who are genuine and authentic. And if you're showing up and being, you know, fully present in every moment of your life, that's going to be you like people notice that like, wow, she's really paying attention to what I'm saying. Like she's actually answering my questions. She's actually like bouncing off my questions versus just sitting there and she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like how can you, you know, build anything off of that? And then the positivity thing just kind of goes hand in hand with that. If you're going to be present in the moment, if you can try and be positive, even about stuff, kind of like Amanda says, pandemics put in front of you, whatever the case may be, if I would have went into it, or like I was kind of pissed when it first happened, like, Oh my God, like things are going so great for my company. I didn't even expect this to happen. And now literally no events, no meetups. People are not wanting to join anymore. We literally have gone stagnant. Like I kind of wanted to give up for a second there. I didn't want to go digital. I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't really want to adapt, but you know, I took some time to think on it and decided, no, I'm going to be, I'm literally going to full up, show up fully present of like, okay, I can switch when change with what's going on in the world. And I'm going to be positive about it and just know like, Hey, maybe this will lead us to something else. Like who knows? Like we have like an online platform. If we start, you know, a portal for our members, like who knows? I don't know the businesses that will bring in because of that. Cause they see that portal or like our, we have this awesome new web girl and she's brought in connections because we got the online digital thing. It just, if you can look at it with a positive mindset, it'll change like your presence as well, which will change everything in your life. I am. I, the quality of your presence is so powerful. Like you change who you're being and how you show up and everything will change. Any interaction will be different if you change who you show up as. And I love the defiantly thrive. That's such a, uh, you should trademark that if you haven't. <laughs> um, I can't believe I haven't tried yet. Um, but that's pretty great. You better get on that. This nobody, won't be out. Even, nobody even attempt to. This yeah, podcast won't podcast be out for right now. This, podcast won't be out for a minute but you know, yeah. you know by the time this is out you could have it you could at least apply uh it's funny i have uh kind of my motto which is keep going tattooed on my arm and it's this it's the idea that if you just don't stop you can't lose so you might fail fall off bad things are going to happen but if you just keep going whatever you want is is available to you um I want to thank you both, Amanda, Shelby. Thanks for being here. Thanks for creating communities for entrepreneurs, for women, for people that are looking for friends. Um, uh, but I, I think the most thing is that I'm just really present to is thanks for um, like pursuing your passions and not letting the circumstances of life, whether they were like caused by you, like you created a circumstance that made things difficult or just things in life that happened, stop you. Like that's what this whole conversation to me has been about is like, you, I mean, defiantly thriving is a great way to sum this up is like you both found ways to live the lives you want to live and create the companies you want to live and the, the experience of life, despite all sorts of things showing up or maybe not showing up. Um, people that want to find you, follow you, learn more about your businesses. What's the, what are the best ways? Um, you can follow our company, Babes Who Create, at Babes Who Create on Instagram. And you can follow our founding chapter that's like, does the most on Instagram, OC, Babes Who Create. And then I'm at styling.sunshine on Instagram. And okay. I'm at, I'm at the Renegade Group on Instagram. Um, and then our website is www.babeswhocreate.com. Cool. And we'll put all of that in the show notes for people that that haven't, uh, that spelling is challenging <laughs> or they didn't have time to write it down. Uh, anything else you want to say before we, before I leave you? 
if you want to join, I mean, we are accepting members and creators nationwide. We're having, we're getting our events up and rolling again. Our meetups, our babes are doing staycations and meetups with local restaurants and boutiques. We just had one at a local boutique in Huntington Beach on Main Street last night. That was so much freaking fun. So if you're a creator, join us. Awesome. Is it only for people that identify as female? Mm. <laughs> it is for now. It is for now. Cool. I mean, you got to say, like, right? What if, you know, some 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 guy out there that doesn't we've identify? Had guys might... ask, yeah, we've had actually several. I have blogger bros and like creator bros. Right? <laughs> cool. But no, we haven't started we about yet. it recently. We were just approached about it recently. So, mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time. You dropped some awesome gems of knowledge and just for sharing your journey. Thanks. Thank you. And for everyone listening, please go check them out, follow them. Um, or if it's not for you, if you're a bro who blogs and listening, send this episode to somebody who needs to hear it and share it with somebody who you think it might help or support. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. <laughs>